Hi, and welcome to the Dirt Bike Podcast. This is the official podcast of Dirt Bike Magazine, and that is the same Dirt Bike Magazine that's been in print for over 50 years. If you can't find us on the newsstand, you can always find us at www.dirtbikemagazine.com, and you can even have it come to your doorstep by clicking on the subscribe button and then entering the promo code INSIDE to be a Dirt Bike Magazine insider. You'll get a 20% discount. It's that time of the year again, so we've assembled the top motocross bikes in the world for Dirt Bike Magazine's 2023 450 MX Shootout. This is an interesting year because we have a mix of some bikes that are new, others that are moderately updated, and a couple that are unchanged. Altogether, we have seven bikes. The Gas Gas MC450F, Honda CRF450R, Husqvarna FC450, Kawasaki KX450, KTM 450SXF, Suzuki RMZ450, and the Yamaha YZ450F. For this comparison, all the bikes were left stock as delivered. That includes tires and suspension. In some cases, we've been riding these bikes for months and we're quite familiar with them. Others are newer, but all were fresh for our back-to-back comparisons. First, let's look at the bikes one by one. The Gas Gas MC450F comes out of the same factory as the KTM and Husqvarna, but this year is completely different from those two. That's because it's based on the previous generation, which means it has a frame and motor similar to that of the 2022 KTM. The corporate plan for the Gas Gas line is to offer bikes at a slightly lower price than the others in the group. Aside from the MC450F being based on an earlier platform, it has a number of lower-priced components. These include the handlebar, rims, triple clamps, and exhaust system. It comes with Maxxis tires and has no map switch, although the ECU will accept one from the 2022 KTM 450 SXF, and that will also enable traction control and launch assist. Our bike showed up with Brembo brakes, but we know that some bikes arrive at dealerships with brake tech. The front suspension is the WP Exact Air Fork, and both ends have softer settings than KTM. The Gas Gas comes in as the lightest bike in the shootout at 224 pounds without fuel. The price is $10,199. The Honda CRF450R has moderate changes for 2023. If you recall, the bike was all new in 21, but it was a rocky debut. That bike was handicapped by shortened development time due to the COVID shutdown. In 2022, there are a few band-aids, but the real changes come now. The motor has a smaller throttle body, a narrower intake port shape, a longer intake funnel, and a new cam profile. Frame material thickness has been increased in several locations to alter flex characteristics, and steel engine mounts replace aluminum ones. The rear shock spring is stiffer, and suspension valving has been revised at both ends. The bike still features a hydraulic clutch and a three-button map switch. The Honda is the lightest of the Japanese bikes by a tiny margin. It weighs 233 pounds without fuel. The price is $9,599.
The Husqvarna FC450 got the new frame and motor updates that the Rockstar Edition got last year. Pretty much everything is different from the previous standard model, aside from the air fork, and even that got new valving. The frame has different flex characteristics, and the motor is repositioned in the frame to reduce squat tendencies on acceleration. Most of Husky's competition bikes have a lower seat height than KTM models because of different linkage and a shorter fork. That works out to almost a half an inch at the lowest point of the seat. There are a number of other items that differentiate the Husky from the KTM. Things like the Pro Taper handlebar, the rims, the bodywork, and the airbox. With all the changes this year, the Husqvarna did gain a little weight. Without fuel, is 229 pounds. It's still lighter than any of the Japanese bikes, but it's also more expensive at $10,999. The Kawasaki is one of the bikes that comes into 2023 unchanged. Last year, Kawasaki's placed first and second in our expanded 450 shootout. For that, we included all the special editions, including the KX450SR. That bike was the eventual winner, and the standard KX was second. Back in 2019, the KX450 arrived with massive changes, including a new motor with a hydraulic clutch and electric start. Since then, it has received only minor updates. One of those is the cone disc spring for the clutch, which is a design similar to the one used by KTM. It has shower suspension, Nissan brakes, and a Renthal fat bar. For remapping, Kawasaki uses a system of plug-in couplers. Three maps are pre-programmed, and you can cook up your own if you buy Kawasaki's FI calibration kit for $775. The Kawasaki offers two foot peg locations and four handlebar locations. The weight is 334 pounds without fuel. The price is $9,599. The KTM 450SXF is technically new and completely different from the 2022 model, but like the Husqvarna, we got a preview of the new motor and chassis in the limited production factory edition last year. The new frame has many of the same key dimensions as the old one, but the construction is completely different. There were two goals, to alter the flex and to reduce the tendency to squat under acceleration. The new map switch on the left side of the bar has dedicated buttons for the aggressive and mild maps as well as traction control and quick shift. The shock is completely new this year, while the fork is still a WP exact air fork with new valving. Compared to the Husqvarna, the KTM has a slightly taller seat height and longer suspension travel. It also has a neck and handlebar and different bodywork. The weight is 229 without fuel. The price is $10,899. Even though the Suzuki RMZ450 has gone unchanged for a long time, it's still as viable as ever, and we wouldn't dream of leaving it out. Ken Roxon apparently agrees, and his decision to ride one in 2023 has generated renewed attention for the RMZ. 
Some of the technology is a step behind. The obvious sore point is that the RMZ450 has no electric start. It also lacks traction control and relies on plug-in couplers for map changes. This year, the Suzuki comes with a GET programmable ignition, so only the Yamaha has a more sophisticated mapping system. As of right now, there's a promotion going on until the end of the year. If you buy an RMZ, you will receive a Yoshimura RS-12 exhaust system and an RM Army graphics set in the mail. At $8,999, it's the most affordable 450 in the group, and it has a weight of 239 pounds without fuel. There's no denying that the Yamaha is the star of the show this year. It's completely new and a big question mark for 2023. Only the design concepts and core principles are unchanged. Yamaha is committed to the reverse cylinder concept that it introduced back in 2010. On the digital front, Yamaha continues to go down the path of user customization with further development of the Yamaha PowerTuner smartphone app. In terms of mechanical parts, though, the 2023 YZ450F is the most radically redesigned bike in a year that has been defined by redesigned bikes. The YZ lost a little weight, gained traction control, got skinnier and more roomy. In real numbers, the weight loss is only 3 pounds, so the YZ is now 235 pounds without fuel. The price is $9,799. So, as the last bike to arrive, the Yamaha became the focus of some intensive testing as soon as we could. A clear picture of how the bikes stack up really came into focus once we could ride them all back-to-back -back on the same tracks. As we suspected, the Yamaha is the winner in the power department. There's a delicate balance between peak output and power usability, and Yamaha nailed it. In a straight line with good traction, the Yamaha is tough to beat. It has excellent peak power, but beyond that, it ramps up smoothly and controllably. Then, on top, it revs out and never really falls flat. It's just about the perfect package for an experienced rider. And the great thing about starting off with so much power is that it's always easy to detune a bike if it's too much of a handful. On the Yamaha, that's especially easy because of the Power Tuner app. There's a button on the handlebar that allows you to switch between one map and the other so you can do back-to-back -back comparisons on the track. Next, we like the motors of both the KTM and the Husqvarna. They both gained power this year and are still perfectly controllable. Even though we know they have identical motors, they feel slightly different. The KTM hits a little harder and sharper, whereas the Husky seems a little smoother. Both have a noticeable difference between maps 1 and 2. It's not just that one is aggressive and the other is mild. They have different characteristics in the way they ramp up and behave. The Kawasaki, Gas Gas, and Suzuki all have sweetheart motors. They all have controllable power that gives you the feeling of, okay, I got this. The gas gas actually makes the most power of those three. 
It's easy to manage, but can come across as a little raspy. It pops and backfires, and you get the feeling it might stall. The Kawasaki, on the other hand, has the best, most usable power of all, just not that much of it. We got to be frank, all the 450s make a ton of power, and very few people need more, even though the Kawasaki's peak output is two or three horsepower less than some of the others, no one in his right mind would say that's a handicap. The KX motor generated nothing but praise. The Suzuki has the lowest peak output of them all, but has manners similar to the Kawasaki's. Everyone likes it, and in the end, having a little less power makes most people ride better. Suzuki's only real shortcoming is that it doesn't rev quite as high as the others, forcing you to shift a little earlier. Honda clearly made the biggest improvement since last year. Before, every rider got off the bike saying it was the fastest, but just too hard to manage. As it turned out, it wasn't the most powerful according to the dyno, but it felt that way because it had the steepest curve, especially around 7,000 RPM. Now, the power comes on much earlier. The Honda is still a beast, but now it's because the power comes on so strong, so early, then flattens out. Compared to the other bikes, the Honda is a lot of motorcycle. The three maps are useful because some riders want more, others want less. No one felt really strongly that any of the three maps was a decisive advantage or disadvantage. about traction control in general. Five of the seven bikes offer it. Test riders don't always notice when it's engaged, at least not in a positive way. To be fair, most of the tracks we rode already had good traction. It might be a different story in the worst conditions. Traditionally, the Yamaha YZ450 does well in the suspension department. It still does. For riding hard on the roughest tracks, the YZ is the bike to have, but that isn't necessarily true on moderately rough tracks or ones with just light chop. There, the softer Kawasaki is more comfortable. Plus, the Kawasaki is easier to dial in. If you have it right for a tight, twisty track, it's going to be good for a fast, sweeping track as well. The Yamaha is tricky to get right, although this is less about suspension compliance than about overall handling. Initially, we had the rear suspension set right around 96 millimeters, which is good in tighter stuff, but a little nervous at speed. Then we went to a more relaxed 103 millimeters, but struggled with front end traction. We also tried varying fork heights. Each rider found a favorite recipe, but no two were exactly alike. The Husky and KTM have a good news, bad news story in the overall handling department. The good news for both is that they both turn like magic. They always did, but the new chassis is more stable once you're established in the turn. You don't realize that suspension squat under acceleration is such a negative factor until it's gone, or at least reduced. The bad news is that the new chassis makes the suspension feel harsh on both bikes. The air fork, in particular, seems to have gone backwards. It's still infinitely adjustable, of course, but you never get the comfort level that you had with the old frame. We do know that as the new chassis gets more time, it gets more compliant. 
The gas gas still has the old frame, but it's paired with much softer suspension settings. Most riders feel it's a little too soft for aggressive riding. When you mix the soft suspension with the more flexi frame and the softer power delivery, it's apparent that the gas gas is designed more for novices and beginners than intermediates and pros. The Honda, on the other hand, feels like it's designed for Supercross. It has a fast handling chassis that turns sharp and steers easily. It's so responsive that some riders even say it's a little nervous. The rear suspension is much improved this year, so it's more stable than it once was once it's situated in a turn. Overall, in fact, the suspension on the Honda is good, perhaps not as cushy as the Kawasaki, but more compliant than the Yamaha. You still have to bring your A-game to get the most out of the Honda. It's a racer, not a cruiser. What's interesting to us is that the Suzuki was once considered a fast-handling bike. It clearly influenced the other bikes in the class. They're all more Suzuki-like than ever before. So today, the Suzuki RMZ450 is more middle-of-the-road. It still turns well, although it's not the cut-and-thrust type of bike it once was, at least not by comparison to the others. It actually is one of the more stable bikes at speed. The one shortcoming in the handling department is the suspension, which is too stiff for the average rider. So where does all that leave us? We hate to sound like we're stuck on repeat, but we once again have the Kawasaki KX450 on top. It isn't the fastest, lightest, or best turning, but it is the most confidence-inspiring bike in the group. In this case, going unchanged probably played to its advantage, too. The others are still working out setup and details, whereas the KX450 is past all that. Second is the new Yamaha YZ450F. There's no doubt that this bike is a better machine than last year's. It's faster, lighter, and more comfortable. At this point, we still have to work out balance and setup issues, but it's oh so close. Next, we have the Husqvarna FC450. Yes, we know that it's almost the same bike as the KTM, but it gets the nod because there are enough riders who thought the lower seat height was an advantage, and most riders also like the smoother power delivery. Some also say the Husky is more comfortable because of the Pro Taper handlebar. The KTM officially gets fourth, but more aggressive riders might like its sharper power delivery and longer suspension travel. Let's be real though, the KTM is so close in performance to the Husky that it really comes down to which bike you think looks better. And that brings us to the Gas Gas, which many people say is the best looking motocross bike on the market. We love the fact that the Gas Gas is truly different from the KTM and Husky this year. There are plenty of riders who like the old chassis better, and there's no doubt that the Gas Gas is a more appropriate bike for the casual enthusiast. The Honda is a little frustrating because it really should do better than sixth place. Every sore point has been addressed. It's fast, it's aggressive, and the suspension is genuinely good. In truth, its only real fault is that it's too much bike for the average rider. And does the Suzuki really belong in last place? Ken Roxon did his own shootout in the offseason, and the RMZ won. In stock form, it's a competitive, affordable bike for amateur racing. 
Clearly, it can also be competitive at the highest level as well. We hope this provides some insight into the 2023 450 motocross bike lineup. We have more to offer on YouTube and at dirtbikemagazine.com. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter too. Thanks for tuning in.